G'day everyone, it's Nick from the Talking Power Podcast and we've got another episode of Stories from the Garage for you. On this episode, we catch up with Brendan Franklin. Now, Brendan's been building his HZ Kingswood since he was 14 years old. He's finished it once and uh, he's going to be starting another rebuild on the car. He's still got the car to the very this very day. So we catch up with Brendan. Brendan also runs Because Race Car. It's a YouTube channel and a Facebook page where he covers a whole lot of radio racing in Western Australia and he's down at the Motorplex quite frequently. So if you're watching this podcast, make sure you shoot over there and uh, subscribe to his channel as well. All right, let's catch up with Brendan. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, welcome to another episode of Stories from the Garage. And on this episode, we have with us a listener of the podcast, Brendan Franklin. Brendan, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me. No, no worries, no worries. Uh, look, um, tell us a little bit about, before you get stuck into to, to your car and the story from the garage, just give yourself a bit of a plug. I know because of race, because race car, give that a bit of a yep. plug, the YouTube channel and what, what you do there. Yeah, so I've been, been going down the drag since I was little, um, mm. you know, trying to stay involved as I can. We had family friends that used to race at Ravenswood and then moved out to Kunana. So I've been going there for a, a pretty long time. And mm. I mentioned of building a car racing as well. So to, you know, get myself more involved and learn along the way, ended up starting to film. I mean, the amount of YouTube I watched yeah. from over east and America doing a similar sort of thing. I thought, you know what, there's not really a lot of it happening here, so I'll give it a go. And last season pretty much spent, you know, the whole time with the boys filming and trying to get as many cars as I can on there. And it's turned out really well. It's had a really good, uh, um, you know, good, lot of good feedback and I've enjoyed enjoyed it. Oh, it's good. No, it's good. Look, I mean, I watched a fair bit of your content and I've really enjoyed it. You seem to follow the radio stuff quite quite avidly, yeah. which is a passion of ours as well, which which you share. So tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Is any you do you crewing for someone in particular as well? No, not not in particular. I mean, it's sort of when I started out doing it the first few races, um, our family friends at Piscinari, so Ben's racing his single overhead cam Mustang there now, so Started out, ben, ben was the first car I filmed, um, so I obviously got to spend a fair bit of time with those guys, and then each round sort of picked a different car and then helped them out where I could, but in, you know, in between in between rounds when I wasn't really filming and learned, learned a whole lot of stuff, so yeah, it was good, it was great, great experience, I'm looking yeah. forward to next season. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Well, that, that makes a few of us as well. And, uh, yeah, no, there's, there's quite a few races that, you know, this season was cut a bit short, a couple of races short. So I'm sure they're all itching to get back into it. Yep. Yep. Right, Brendan, tell us your story from your garage. You, you sent me through some photos last week and I must admit I was impressed. I'm a bit, I'm, those that know me, I'm a Ford man, but I've always had a soft spot for the H from that HJ really, really, I'd say yep. really from the H uh, G. Uh, K that era right right through to the sort of early Commodores. I've always had a soft spot, but the HZ in particular. There's a few of them going around in Sterling in in, this, in our particular area. Yep. So yep. tell us a little bit about your your HZ. Yeah, I mean they're starting to come out now. So I originally, um, so going back before I had my license, was our neighbour had a H from you know, old back then. Like Dad had old cars, he had Tiranas and that sort of thing. So mm. I originally wanted to buy a HQ, but because they because they raced them at Barbagello, the parts were quite hard to get. So we ended up um, 
you know, we were looking through Quokka and all the newspapers back then and found a HZ roller, um, unlicensed. Um, so I think I bought that when I was 14, 15. Um, mm. So that was a 253 Trimatic. Um, took it home. Uh, pretty much the first thing I did was pull it to pieces. So the one thing I regret, you know, looking back on that is not actually taking a photo of it before I pulled it down. Yeah. Um, because the only photos I've got, uh, you know, after it's all either in pieces or, you know, putting yeah. it all back together. So, um, yeah, 253, we switched the Trimatic out to an all-Aussie four-speed. Mm. I wanted to learn in a manual, so basically learn how to drive in that car. Um, and then as soon as I got off my P's, <laughs> put a 308 in it because yeah. at, at that time, you know, I was allowed a V8, but the biggest I was allowed to get the old man was going to let me have was a 253. So it was all, you know, all noise. It was, it was great fun for, for someone that age. It wasn't, yeah. you know, too powerful, that sort of thing. So, yeah, the minute I could do that, 308 went in, and then I bought a 350 block for it. Yeah. Um, with the intention of building, you know, something you see out of street machine in it until uh, obviously the, you know, the financial side of that sort of hit me and realized that wasn't going to happen the way yeah. I wanted. So, I bought a running 350, and that's actually what it's, what it's still got in it now. So, wow. Um, I drove that car every day. That was the only car I had um, for probably maybe four or five years, mm. and then uh, sort of turned it into a weekender, I guess. Um, yep. And then it's probably sat there oh, over 15 years, I reckon now, 10 to 15 years. So, it hasn't been driven a lot lately. It's, it needs a bit of love. It's, you know, it definitely copped a, a good workout as a P plater, doing all the silly things you do, taking it up dirt tracks and just just being uh being young i guess so yeah. it needs to freshen up i've got a got a couple of things in the works that i want to do to it and started collecting parts again for it you know so i can yeah, okay. do a bit of putting it back to not so much putting it how i was keeping it keeping it how i want it but it's um yeah. it's not an original car so i'm not not too phased if it's um yeah if it gets done the way i want it yeah I'll just stop you there for a sec. Let's just go back. So you were, correct me if I'm wrong, if I heard right, but you were 13 or 14 when you first got the car. Yeah, it, was, it would have been about 14, 15, I think. Yeah. So well before I had my license. Yeah. And I actually, so I, I actually did my driving test in the learner's, the learner's car because it was a lot easier to do back then than try and do it in this car. Not because of the car, but just because of the licensing sort of thing in general. Mm. And then, um, yeah, that day I was driving that around. So, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. In, in my mind, I think, you know, getting a car from before you get your license, I'm, I'm not, it doesn't necessarily translate to being a better driver, but I feel that it, it, it enhances your um, ability to, to drive the car better if you've been working on it from long before yeah. you were legally able to drive it. Would, you, would, that, would I be right in saying that? Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, learning, <laughs> obviously had a lot of help from the old man and, mm. uh, friends around us, Peter Piscinari built the motor, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, just understanding the car, I think a bit better. We had that thing pretty much to, you know, nuts and bolts basically. So putting yeah. it all back together, um, actually learning before I'd even got into a learner's car. As soon as yeah. the, the manual went into that car, I think we had a, you know, just about a milk crate in there. There was no seats in it and just practicing, you know, in and out of the driveway, trying to get a, you know, feel for the clutch and you know, how mm. manuals work and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think. Do you feel like in today's era we're kind of missing that? I don't know of too many. Like my two sons, if one of them is twelve, I can't imagine him getting a car in the next couple of years and him putting it together. I mean, he'll be the sort of kid that probably doesn't get a license till he's twenty. 
So, yeah. I mean, is that what we're missing today, do you think? Yeah, I mean, you don't see it around as often. I mean, no. unless, um, unless the kids like have a real drive to do it, um, I think there's other things that are you know, more at that time. That's all I wanted to do. Every, every dollar I'd save from doing paper rounds and I like, worked at a nursery pretty much went into the car. So, mm. I didn't, you know, have any interest in spending money on anything else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I love hearing these sort of stories as well. It's quite very interesting. I like uh, your story is very similar. It must be something with the HZs. I, I know a few guys that have had their H, HJs and HZs long before. Another listener to the podcast, actually, he had his long before he got his license and, and still has it to this very day as well. So oh, very similar to your story. So, so, Brenda, just tell us, I mean, at this stage, you still didn't have your driver's license how did you go about collecting parts and bits and pieces for the car um so a lot of it was obviously the parents so i'd be you know on the weekends when i wasn't working on the car i was waiting on things going through the clocker and any means back then because we didn't have you know there wasn't online marketplace like there is now so you'd be scouring newspapers and things for parts mm. um so I picked up bits and pieces here and there. Like I'd you know, sit by the phone, um, you know, ringing everyone for bits and pieces. But some of the, the really unique things I got for the car um, and that sort of were all as a package. So I, I used to ride to my mates on the weekends or whatever. Um, and I remember seeing, couldn't see exactly what it was, but it looked like a H, H something. It was a HQ, HZ um, sedan under a cover. Uh, on the way to his house and then um, one day I thought, you know what, because I could just see the cover was just high enough to see the wheels on it and it looked mm. like it had, you know, the GDS wheels. So, it, I mean, it took a while. It was probably three to four months, I reckon, of riding past his car. And then uh, one day I thought, you know, I'll just go knock on the door because it's sitting there. It's not doing anything. It doesn't look like they're, you know, restoring it at the moment. So, I'll go, I can only go and you know, ask and see what they say. Uh, so I knocked on the door and it ended up being a genuine HX GDS, a yellow oh, yeah. one. And um, yeah, I mean, back then I was only, yeah, it would have been 14 or 15. So I was pretty young, you know. <clears throat> so, so I'd go and ask them, see if they, see if they were keen on parting it out. And um, they had a bit of a think about it. And I think I came back the next day or the day after and sort of chased it up. And they're like, yeah, you know, what, what did you want on it? <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I should have taken the whole car, but um, again, like as you know, it was pretty much the whole garage at home was taken up from my car anyway, so that was yeah. not an option. Mm. Um, so I think I got I got a fair bit of stuff off it. I got um, I think I got all the interior. Um, I got the rear spoiler, got the wheels. Um, I think the front end I'd already I'd already saw, so I didn't I didn't grab that because I went to a dual headlight front end and the HX was was still the single, which is what I originally had before I pulled the car to pieces. Yep. Um, the only thing I, well, the only thing I didn't grab, it wouldn't have mattered anyway, because my car, it's not a HZ GDS, even though it's set up as a HZ slash everything now, was the actual tags off the car. So I don't know what happened to that car after I, where I got that photo of it, the blue one. But our other neighbour, he was, um, you know, obviously about my parents' age, so he was one of the dads in the neighbourhood. He had a little garage out the back of his house as well. And I remember going past there one day and he had it open and I saw the back of this thing and it was a, it was a H, I think it was a HQ sedan. I don't think it was a Monaro, but he had the Trilight rebumper on it, which you know, mm. was a customized sort of thing. I don't think they came out, well, they didn't come out factory like that, but I don't know how many people back then 
um, or actually doing that sort of thing. But, you know, one of the cards that inspired me was about, you know, obviously my neighbor's HQ. So that mm. had a, they had a 202. It was a like tough looking car. You know, had the Hornet scoop on the bonnet. It looked tough, um, but it had a 202. So it didn't quite sound, you know, everyone, yeah. you know, wanted their car to sound. So for me to get a 253, which was all noise, was awesome. It had, yeah. the, it had the V8 sound, which you know, everyone wanted. And then I remember um, one of our other neighbors, and I didn't even know he had it for a while. He also had a HQ, but I'd never seen it out. Like the next door neighbor, that was, I think it would have been pretty close to his first car as well. So I used to park it out the front, which is where I got that photo of it, the blue one. But our other neighbor, he was, um, you know, obviously about my parents' age. So he was one of the dads in the neighborhood. He had a little garage out the back of his house as well. And I remember going past there one day and he had it open and I saw the back of this thing and it was a, it was a H, I think it was a HQ sedan. I don't think it was a Monaro, but he had the Trilight rebumper on it, which you know, mm. was a customized sort of thing. I don't think they came out, well, they didn't come out factory like that, but I don't know how many people back then um, were actually doing that sort of thing. But, you know, after obviously grew up, moved out, that sort of thing, I never, never got to see if he, you know, finished that car. So yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind actually reaching out now and seeing, you know, if he ever got around to finishing it or if he's passed it on to his kids. Yeah. Or, you know, what, what happened with that car? Because so, yeah. he would have been, you know, watching me working on mine sort of thing. And it would have been, if it was anything like me and I saw someone else with a similar car working on it, it would have, and I, I wasn't working on mine, it would have been giving me some motivation to get it going, that's for sure. So it would have been tough for him to, I reckon, see, you know, mine getting built and him, Having that, yeah, you know, he's sitting in the shed under a cover the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the inspiration for your for your build in some ways, I guess. Your neighbour's HQ. Oh, for, yeah, definitely. Um, and like I said, the reason that we steered away from the the HQ itself was, I mean, a lot of these parts are interchangeable anyway between HQ yeah. and Z. Um, but the actual HQ uh, chassis, that sort of thing, the, the car. It was, it was quite difficult to get the car because of the racing at Barbagello. Like a lot of those mm. guys needed spares. They grabbed spares. So it just happened to be that a, a H, well, HZ popped up for me anyway that um, mm. was, it was a good price and was workable. So, Brendan, back in the day, like, how did you find the space or the, even the time to, to build the, the HZ? Um, well, space was pretty much – we had a double garage and pretty much kicked – I think it was dad's car out. So dad's car was out in the driveway and I took up pretty much all of the, all the one side of the garage. And then um, it's no different now, to be honest. Like I've got the shed just about full of, you know, everything that's sort of carried on. Um, Time, I guess, because I was still at school, come home Mm. from school, you know, working there at night. And I don't know if it even happens these days where, you know, you're you're in there working at bloody one o'clock in the morning and the mum comes in. Dad, are you going to bed yet? No, I'm finished yet. And go to bed and back up and straight back into it again. Spend all weekend. Um, you know, Dad would go play golf on Saturday mornings and come come back and there'd be a bit more done to it. And yeah. He'd get in and give us a hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And mums and dads are great for that as well. I remember when I built yeah. uh, one of my cars in the garage at home and, uh, you know, they gave up a lot of space for, for that. They gave up two, yeah. really two garage spaces for that. And, um, we were fortunate enough that we had another two-car garage that the cars could stay in, but they gave up a lot of space. And that's what parents do, don't they? I mean, my mum and dad weren't really into cars, but they could see the passion and they, you know, they just give you the yeah. space at least. 
don't know about the help, but anyway, it's great that your <laughs> mum and dad were able to help. Yeah, that's it. Well, you know, and that's... Oh, for sure. And that's one of the things that's so important about these these stories is the fact that, you know, it's our parents and, and it's the upbringing that they give you that allows us to do these yeah. things. So oh, 100%. really important, yep. really important. Yeah, you know, I hope the same happens. When, you know, we have kids, we haven't had kids yet and that's, you know, that'd be great if the kids get into it when um, we have them. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. carried on. <laughs> no, that's right. No, that's right. And it's, it is, it's good to carry that on. And it's something that we need to instill in our youth, I, I strongly believe. I think there's I a lot of focus yeah. on social media and there's a lot of distractions out there these days. Getting back into the shed and, and working on these cars is yeah. so important for them, really. Is. I can tell you, yeah, I agree. Mm, yep. yeah. Tell us while we've been talking, we've been we'll, we'll, we've been flashing pictures of the car up. But tell us any any plans for the car in in the future? Yeah, so in the photos you've seen, it's um, it's sort of a a mock up between the HXHZ GDS and then the H the HXHJ GDS. So that sort of paint paint scheme with the blackouts and that sort of thing in a HZ. Um, so look, I've, I've got a few ideas. I think I might. Because it's basically two-pack paint, everything, the blackouts, the work. Yeah. So I think I want to get it repainted in the same colour, which is uh, it's called Nullarbor Red. It's actually a really nice colour. Um, get it repainted, leave the blackouts out of it for now and probably mm. put them back in with, you know, using vinyl or something like that so I can chop and change. Yeah. Uh, some of the parts I've been collecting because all the bumpers and that are colour-coded. So I've got chrome bumpers again, got some, you know, really good chrome bumpers. Um, so... Have both of them. I want to get the original bumpers I've got on there now repainted so I can chop and change. I can put the chrome on. It's yeah. easy enough to a few bolts. So um, interior-wise, the interior is still really good. So it's just mm. it's more the outside uh, and more, you know, making it uh, – how, how do I put it? So it's obviously still P-platerised, the car, so it's got yeah. gauges on the bonnet and, you know, things that tend you don't really want to attract. It's a bit more subtle um, so that, you know, Take it out, have a have a you know, go for a good cruise and not have to stress too much about you know the attention. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. No, it's a great looking car and uh it's again it's it typifies this the reason why we do this podcast is for, for these reasons is to hear these stories about these cars, you know. And I really love the stories in particular with the guys that have had them since they were before they had their license. I think that's awesome. Yes. I really do. Yeah. Really do. Hey, Brenda, just give us another, uh, so give us uh, just where can we find Pico's race car, the YouTube channel and uh, Facebook? Yes. YouTube channel, obviously all the videos go up on there. Um, got Instagram, which I sort of had to learn because I, you know, I, I do a bit of social media in general, yeah. but I've never had Instagram before. So everyone's on that now. So I've got Instagram and then obviously the Facebook page as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. No, excellent. That's really good. Good to hear. Any other? Tell us any other cars that you've had in the past that you you've um, had and sold in the meantime. Um, not like this one. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just my personality. I don't like selling things. Mm. So obviously the hate said. You know, there's been a couple of times where just circumstances. I've I've almost had to look at getting rid of it. Yeah. Luckily, haven't had to. But. Uh, no, so I don't really get rid of things a lot, but I've got a couple of other cars. I've got a, a newer HSV and uh, I've got a, another car, another old car. So it's a 78 as well, but it's not a, it's not a Holden. It's an interesting one. Oh, tell us a bit about it. That one has planned for being turned into a radio. So. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> right, so it's a 78 uh, 733i 733 Beamer. So it's, it's definitely different. I mean, it's 
it's a cool car, um, and I've you know I, I can't wait to to start working on it. At the moment, I'm trying to finish my shed because everything's piled in there at the moment. I can't really yeah. work on anything. So the Beamer is going to be a cool car. I think the only other the only other Beamer race car I had is uh, I've seen sorry uh, pretty much anywhere was Wayne Key's old door slammer. Mm, used to have yeah. a, a 735, I think. So. Yeah. It's, it's very similar looking to that, but it's it's a slightly earlier shape, so it's got a real you know, shark nose look to it. So yeah. I think that, that car will be the one that, you know, go all out on the HZ. You know, it'd still be a tough car, but, you know, everyone wants to have a, a race car that drives around the street. It's just not practical. So this thing no. will be a, a proper race car you can, you know, unleash in. Yeah, okay. Oh, right, well, watch out, Steve Yotzi, eh? <laughs> <laughs> all right brendan look we really appreciate your time on coming on the podcast um so um we really appreciate that um we can find you on facebook and youtube because race car uh, search you up there got some great content there and uh and as i said uh, really appreciate your time thanks for coming on thanks nick thanks for having me no worries all right take care talk and power your motorsport and motoring radio show podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au